Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey everybody and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I have another review. I I just wanted to read. I'll be honest with you guys. I was literally sitting down this <laughs> this afternoon and I was, as I was getting ready to do the podcast and I was reading through these reviews and I was like man really makes me feel good to read these reviews because they are just so awesome they're so positive so I wanted to share you share with you one of the reviews that I saw today um, I you know I just kind of picked these at random but I love each one of them they really they make me feel great I don't know if they make you feel great but uh, at Ashelia, maybe? I don't know. Ashelia16 said, The Spaffords teach amazing principles and have awesome guests come on. They've helped me with my own porn and eating addiction. Highly recommend to anyone who is struggling with anything or just want to learn self-mastery in general. And then three exclamation points. (laughs) So I thought that was awesome. Thanks, Ashelia16. You're amazing. Thank you for putting that down. I really, really appreciate it. I love you guys. I'm so grateful that I get to do this um, podcast with with Darcy and for you and for myself in a lot of ways. So thank you guys so much for listening. This is really, it's truly a blessing to be able to do this. So this week I want to talk about emotional debt. But before I do that, I do want to mention that I have we have our free webinar May 23rd at 8.30 Mountain Time. So if you'd like to come, register at zackspafford.com slash free call. If you haven't ever been to one of these calls, they're really amazing. Uh, you, you, it's a webinar, so you don't have to come on, but you can ask all the questions in the world. You, so no one has to know that you're there, but you can ask questions anonymously. You can even get coached if you want. And it is really, to me, it's one of the best opportunities that you have to kind of see what Darcy and I are like in action and what we can help you actually do to get better, to become the better version of yourselves and get really going on this this problem that you've been dealing with. So come hang out with us next Sunday night at 8.30 Mountain Time. We try to do them a little bit later so you can put the kids to bed, maybe have some quiet time, and really be able to sit down and in, enjoy and get as much value out of these conversations as we possibly can. So I want to talk about emotional debt. One of these things that I have been, you know, I, I've been working on this with my clients. I've been teaching it to them. I think it's one of the most powerful ways to look at the process that we are going through when we view pornography and avoid our feelings. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. We bought a house. We came, we moved back to St. George. We're so grateful to be here. Um, and it was really super exciting for us to buy a house here in St. George because for 18 months we lived in Milwaukee and we really missed all our friends and the life that we had here. And we just we just love it here. It is getting hot though, so I'm, I might be like, eh, let's go back to Milwaukee for a couple days. So when we bought the house, we were really excited. 
And then <laughs> we sat down, and I, so in a previous life, I was securities licensed, which means that I understand some financial stuff, not as much as you might think I'm, <laughs> I would understand, but I used to be 6 and 63 licensed, so I could like trade stocks and that sort of thing. Uh, and as I sat down and looked at the amortization table, which is the thing that tells you how much you end up actually paying for the, the thing that you just purchased, I actually cringe a little. And you get one of these when you buy a house or a car or anything with kind of a number of years in, in a loan. And in the end, we'll end up paying probably about two times the amount uh, that we purchased the house for. When we talk about buffering, we often just call it a behavior that creates a net negative in your life. And while buying a house is probably not exactly a net negative in your life, in fact, hopefully it's a, it's a net positive. There's, you know, the loans and money that we use to buy houses, they offer a really great analog for what we do when we buffer or really how we manage our emotions. Let's talk about how we are both borrower and lender for our own emotions and how we can better manage that process by using some very simple math. I like to talk about emotions as the math of our lives for a couple of reasons. One is I'm usually speaking with men and, you know, when Darcy talks to the women, she uses different analogies. But when I'm talking to men, we men, we like to think our life's journey is a series of solvable puzzles and problems. Unfortunately, the men and women that I work with often think that the emotional struggle that is often part of leaving pornography behind is a foreign land of mush and gush, right? We, we kind of think, oh, it's Stuart Smalley, and we got to be super feely and touchy-feely. That's not really what it is. And I just want you to be aware that when we get into the emotions of our lives, we really can look at them in terms of an equation of pluses and minuses. If, if that's helpful to you, you don't have to look at it that way if it's not helpful to you. But to me, it's been very helpful. To my clients, it's been very helpful. Second, it really gives us some powerful perspective on what's happening and what it costs to choose certain ways of dealing with our lives. So here's what the emotional loan process looks like. Here's how we become uh, an emotional borrower. Let's start with that, right? So let's start with a really simple example. When we feel really stressed and we choose to turn to pornography, we feel arousal. So now we have this one-to-one view of emotions. We have stress on on the negative side, and we have arousal on the positive side. Now, if this were where the emotional exchange ended, then we'd be totally fine. That would be the end of it. That would be us living life in in 50-50, or opposition in all things, as I like to say, when we talk uh, about it from a gospel perspective, right? The problem is that this is usually not where it ends, especially when it comes to you know, doing things that don't fit within our moral compass. Now, first, feeling arousal doesn't actually deal with the reason why we might be stressed. So if I'm stressed because of work, then turning to pornography is not going to get my work done any faster. If I'm, you know, if I'm a student, it's the same thing, right? Second, that stressed feeling is now going to be compounded by additional negative feelings that I'm going to have to deal with as well. Just like interest, when we borrow a positive feeling from ourselves, from our kind of like our future self, like arousal, something that doesn't really fit into our moral compass, and we're borrowing against you know, the reality that we actually want, that doesn't really create an emotional p- benefit in our lives. We actually create an emotional loan that will have to be paid back with what I like to call interest. So now we have stress. And then the interest is guilt and shame and frustration and maybe even a little more stress that wasn't there before because we spent time doing something that didn't help us get work done. 
and we're actually even more behind now. So we've now just created a four or a five to one exchange. So we've got one positive feeling or one feeling that can be construed as positive, right? The arousal that comes from looking at pornography. But we also then have those five negative feelings, the guilt, the shame, the frustration, the stress upon stress, and the original stressor, right? So, you know, think about it, right? Like imagine if somebody walked up to you on the street, they were like, hey, I got a really nice new crisp dollar bill and I'll give it to you if you'll give me a crinkled up old fiber, right? You'd be like, no, uh, I'm going to keep my $5 bill, thanks. I don't care what it looks like. But that is really exactly what we're agreeing to when we take the emotional loan of arousal or overeating or you know excessively checking our phone or playing video games to excess, that sort of thing. We are taking an emotional loan from ourselves, kind of shortchanging ourselves and paying it back at a five to one ratio, sometimes more in order to feel good right now in this very moment. And that's what it's like when we bought our house, right? We bought a house, we feel great about it, and then we go look at the amortization table and we're going to have to pay that back over time. And when we feel a negative emotion, oftentimes we look to mitigate it by using a good feeling emotion like arousal, which is what we feel when we look at pornography. So in that moment, we've done what I like to call and taking that emotional loan, meaning we have borrowed a positive emotion from ourselves, which we will need to pay interest on in the future. The interest that we usually end up paying is a compounding of the negativity and the negative emotions that we feel. So just like buying a house, we take out a loan, we feel good, we feel excited, we, you know, we even feel nice and comfortable because now we have a house. When we take an emotional loan out, when we use a buffer to enhance our emotional state in the short term, we have to pay back the interest. So then once that emotional high fades, we have compounded our negative emotional state by layering in that additional negativity and the negative emotions like frustration, guilt, shame, and discomfort. So let's talk about, so, so that's one side of it, right? Let's, it's, this is when I take out a loan, I have to pay it back. So when I choose to buffer or feel arousal or overeat or play video games rather than do the things that I've you know, said that I would do, the things that I've committed to doing you know, for my own personal well-being, I'm taking out a loan and then I have to pay back that loan with interest. When it comes to the other side of it, how do we, how do we actually become an emotional lender? So let's take a look at that. Why do banks and lenders give people loans? I have people sometimes say, well, because I'm a good credit risk. Nope. They do not give you a loan because you're a good credit risk. You That may be a factor in how much of a loan they give you, and it may be a factor in how much the interest is on what they give you. However, that's not why they give you a loan. Uh, it, it isn't either because you're a nice person or any of that, right? They do it because they want the interest. They want to get more out of the transaction than just their money back. That interest is what creates the wealth of a bank. And here we're trying to create wealth of emotions. And by the way, this is a risk, right? This can be scary. Our lender gave us a big, huge amount of money up front so we could buy our house, and they took a risk on us. We are going to have to be willing to take a risk on ourselves and believe in our ability to earn dividends and interest over time rather than needing to take the positive emotions up front. When that feeling of stress comes along, we got to be willing to take the risk of feeling it and not running from it. We got to be willing to not fight. And we also have to be willing to not act 
like we have to avoid it. We, we actually process it. When we just go through the process of feeling our feelings, feeling those emotions, and then doing what we need to do anyway, we begin the process of giving our future self a loan. This is why I like to use the phrase, the currency of success is discomfort. Because when we are willing and able to actually go through the discomfort of the moment, we begin to create success in the long run. This means that, by the way, we're going to feel stressed even when we don't want to. But there's a huge payoff after we feel all the way through our negative feelings. That huge payoff comes just like interest on a loan. And if you've never lent somebody money, it's pretty amazing. I actually uh, I had a lending tree account, and it was cool because I was micro-lending to real people, and I was also getting interest on that. And I really enjoyed that, that process of giving out loans and getting back money just because my money was sitting there and I did nothing to to make that money, really, right? This is what happens when we take the negativity up front. We feel it and then that emotion just kind of has been taken care of and when we choose not to, you know, view pornography or overeat or whatever the buffering behavior is, we get to feel satisfied and maybe even proud or maybe even capable or even self-confident. We get this entire whole menu of feelings that are more subtle and that we can keep getting time and time again. We get to feel good about who we are. We get to feel good about who we're being and how we're living in integrity with who we want to be. And I don't think this is a one-time thing. Like if I just don't look at pornography one day and I you know, just feel all of my stress, I get to feel that same confidence and that same you know, love for myself every time I think about that incident. We get a we get good at feeling negative feelings up front, right? And that's part of the practice that we do. And I really do think that we get more dividends over time. When we're emotional lenders rather than emotional borrowers, we're receiving interest instead of paying it. And here's kind of a cool thing, right? We are the only person that we can borrow from or lend to. Now think about that. There isn't somewhere that we can go and borrow from someone else emotionally because all of our feelings are inside of us as grown adults anyway. You know, as kids, I think there's a little bit of borrowing that goes on there. But, you know, that was, if you look at the parable of the 10 virgins, those ladies, or I, th- I, I, I assume they were all ladies. I'm pretty sure they were all ladies. Those ladies who didn't have the oil, they were looking to borrow from those who did have the oil And they weren't really grown up in their own testimonies, right? And this is the same thing that we're doing emotionally. We have to stop asking for other people to help us feel good and recognize that we're the only ones that can have an emotional uh, strength, uh, you know, be emotional borrowers and lenders in our own minds and in our own bodies, right? So we have to decide how we want to spend our lives. We have to decide whether or not we want to spend our lives in perpetual emotional deficit Or do we want to have an emotional surplus that's going to keep paying us dividends? I did a hard thing. Like, if you ever think about the hard things that you've done in your life, you know, for me, one of the things that I look back on as a hard thing that I did, I enjoyed it immensely, but I also recognized that it wasn't exactly easy to do is be a missionary. And I look back at that time and I I have been given emotional dividends for choosing to do that hard thing time and time again, year after year, you know, the people that I met, the the relationships that I gained, the 
just the love and the joy that I have in the Italian people. You know, I look at my mission president who came and visited us the other day and who is off uh, hopefully soon to go back to the Rome Temple and be the Rome Temple president. They've been here in America uh, quarantining and, you know, not being able to be there. But, you know, I look at that relationship that I have with him and that is one of the main dividends or one of the most beautiful dividends that I can point to. But I also, you know, the companions that I had, the the, you know, the relationships that I had with other elders in, you know, that time of my life, I look at those, those times and it wasn't easy, but I got so many dividends out of it. And this is simply the same thing that we're doing right now with our emotions. Am I, am I willing to go through the hard thing now? Am I willing to deal with whatever stress or frustration or whatever it is up front and recognize that it's going to take practice? It's probably going to take a, a little bit of relearning how to you know, do what it is that we need to do. It's, you know, relearning how to deal with our emotions in a way that does fit into the mold of who we want to be. It's like going to the gym for the first time and being like, okay, I don't really know how to lift weights, but I'm going to start by just trying. I'm going to go in and I'm going to make sure that I just show up every day, even if it's just for five minutes, I'm going to show up every day and I'm trying to get better. And that's what we've got to do when it comes to dealing with our emotions and becoming an emotional lender rather than an emotional borrower. So let's talk about a little bit how to do this. And I teach this to my members and in my individual coaching clients in depth. And they, I think they love being able to go back to the training videos and the workbooks available to them inside the membership. But the process is really simple. And I think it's really extremely important that we all know how to do this. First, you have to notice most of us really aren't there right? We go from moment to moment and think that whatever comes into our heads and the actions that we take are just happening to us. When we start to notice, we begin to step out of our unconscious reactionary mind and we start to bring that to our conscious mind and all the actions and the beliefs that are happening, right? And this takes practice. So noticing in and of itself, that's the first step. And you're going to need to practice that probably, uh, pretty regularly, like every day for a couple of weeks, just to begin to start to be good at it, right? The next thing we need to do is we have to say yes and no. Say yes, you know, of course, I can go look at pornography. I can stop feeling stress and I can go look at pornography, uh, you know, and we can do whatever is on our mind, right? Whatever our mind offers us, we can say yes to that and we can feel good right now. We can choose that. That's totally available to us. I'm going to choose to say no right now, because I'm going to observe what's going to go on here. I'm going to see what's happening. And this is different from using willpower, right? This is because willpower, we're not fighting with our brain. We're observing it. We're, you know, we're withholding action. And then we're using questions to see what's actually happening. So we understand the process. And I like to call this the switch, right? We're switching from just being inside our heads to being the observer, you know, the watcher of our own mind, and the problem solver. We're no longer just feeling our feelings and going with the flow. We're like, oh, well, let's see what the problem actually is. And we start to ask questions. And this combo of yes, no, is like when we say some, someone says to us uh, something like, oh, you're a Mormon. You can't drink. And we say, I can, but I choose not to. It's really an acknowledgement that we're the masters of our agency and we're able to choose either way, right? And then after we say yes and no, we observe, we just pay attention. We start to ask 
questions. We start to watch. We really, you take notes, right? And you can take mental notes or you can write them down. But just like an anthropologist, we are looking at the behavior. We're looking at the thoughts and the emotions that our brain is offering us. And we're just trying to learn what's happening. We're just paying attention. We don't have to make any decisions right now. All we're doing is we're paying attention to our brain and trying to figure out what's happening. And last, but I think extremely essential to this process is we breathe. Deep breaths, just like the ones that you've always been taught, just take deep, tend to, you know, if your parents were like, you know, if you were a kid with a little bit of a temper or you were trying to figure things out, your parents were like, just take a deep breath, right? Just take those deep breaths, those deep breaths that help us fuel the body and the mind while we become the watcher of our brains. This process that we all need to learn is, I think, essential to being an emotional lender rather than an emotional borrower. And this process is one that I think, if you can put it into practice, is going to pay extraordinary dividends. So if you have questions about that, come see, see us at the webinar. I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to you know, get to know your names and your faces and just kind of help you start this process. If that's all you do is come to that free call, please do. It's next, like I said, it's next week. Um, you know, sign up at zackspafford.com slash free call. I'll put a link in the description. You guys are awesome. Come participate, take the next step forward, be committed to a change in your life in a way that you've never been committed before. All right, you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Imagine you sitting next to your loved one and no longer bogged down by the greatest trial of your life. Each month, I offer a free webinar that you can attend where you can get your questions answered about how you can break free from pornography use. Take a moment now and go to the website, zackspafford.com slash free call, and you can sign up for free. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to ask questions, learn a new skill, and even get coached live if you like. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills that Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.